Welcome, football fans, to the very first episode of the One Foot Down podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I've got the incomparable Mike Haas riding shotgun. We are stoked to present the Fantasy and Frames College Fantasy Football Podcast. And tonight, we're not just discussing, we're dissecting some of our favorite transfer portal players as we gear up for the explosive 2024 season. Mike, let yeah. this saga begin. Welcome, football fanatics, to the One Foot Down Podcast of the Fantasy and Frames Network. Your gridiron guides, Chris and Mike, are geared up to lead you through the thrilling world of college fantasy football. Whether we're diving into Power 5 Giants or uncovering hidden gems, brace yourselves for expert insights, analysis, and daring predictions. Stay in the game. Subscribe, rate, and review. This is your 2024 source for college fantasy football dominance. Let the fantasy frenzy begin. 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 Welcome, everybody, to the show. Like I said at the top, I'm your host, Chris, and with me is my co-host, Mike Haas. Mike, we've been working on this thing for quite some time now. Our first episode is here. How you feeling, my good man? Well, nervous energy, but good energy. <laughs> the season's yes, right around sir. the corner. Senior Bowl week is coming fast and furious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got measurements today live from the Senior Bowl. So there's some guys that have been rising and falling, but that's NFL talking. We're not here to talk NFL. We are again a college fantasy football podcast. Mike, let the people know what college fantasy football is. Let them know what you take out of this show. Let them know what you want to give the people out of this show. Let them know what to expect as a whole from the one foot down podcast, man. Yeah. Okay. So just a, a few points I've been playing, I'd say a few years and Chris, we've played against each other in college fantasy football and yeah. have enjoyed it. There can be, you know, there can be a lot of data involved in the college since there's so many teams It can seem a little daunting at times, but mm -hmm. um, really comparable to the NFL that it, it runs the very same way. Leagues can run all the different, ways and variables that the nfl runs so if yep. you enjoy the nfl there's no reason that you won't enjoy the college um so don't be intimidated i would say it's point one by all the all the different players and there's so many to choose from and how am i going to get to know to know them all so i that kind of led me to point two that we know we're living in an era of data and everybody wants to get into all the different sites and things and that makes college even be even better people that love that yeah. And the game is growing. That, they can get right right into it that way. But so I enjoy the different um the one note I can say I enjoy the different ways you can develop in the college. You can have massive lineups of 70 people and, and they're gonna <laughs> join as we're playing now, Chris, or you can have smaller ones that are first ones we were involved yeah. in of smaller lineups and maybe geared more towards the teams you know you can tailor the league however you want when you're commissioner. Um lays down the bylaws or whatever. So I would say, no, the creativity with it and the different ways, hey, just jump right in. Don't be intimidated by the 130 some odd teams that can be out there in the pool. 
Yeah. And you, you don't have to go that deep. If you're just starting off in the college fantasy football landscape, you can dumb it down to just power five schools. You can go by a conference. You can play just SEC fantasy football. It's very customizable based on how you want to approach it. So you're not so intimidated off the jump. Right, Mike? And Fantrax is really the only platform where you can get access to college fantasy right now and they're always upgrading either their app or their or their web browser every year to make it better for the end user so for me uh college football was always like that you know in, in for lack of a better analogy it was always that side chick for me and the nfl was was kind of like my wife you know what i mean and and i would always go to college football to get what i wanted out of it but when it needed me for you know mountain west games or tuesday action, i was never there for it and eventually that relationship grew for me in terms of college football and that side chick turned into a love and and it's a relationship that i've nurtured and now you know the NFL is my my new ex-wife, and I'm living with my 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 new girl in college football, and I absolutely love it. 130 plus teams, thousands of players. The variables is what I love about the college fantasy game so much. You are never out of it. Unlike an NFL fantasy format um you can get behind the eight ball really quick and then your season's over after week four week five if a few of your top drafted players get injured and you lose those guys for the year where college fantasy football mike i mean you've seen me do it <laughs> you can refresh your team on a weekly basis i was down five well, hold it did you copy I me or did i copy you i mean i, I can't even so remember anymore <laughs> Mike, I got to give it to you, man. You are one of the most successful fantasy football players, one of the most successful college fantasy football players that I've ever had the chance to play with. And when we talked about doing this and I approached you to do this, and I know you wanted to hop on the mic for quite some time, man. Um, I couldn't think of anyone better to to chop up college football with. So I'm excited you're here. I'm excited to be part of the college fantasy football community so let's get to why we're here. Let's not waste any more of the people's times. Let's talk about some of our favorite transfer portal players heading into the 2024 season with the way that college football is structured at the moment with nil packages and everything else going down in college football. The transfer portal is one of the most exciting times in the college football landscape and it's it's accumulating move after move high profile player after high profile player leaving program after program and we're going to give you eight of our favorite ones heading in to the 2024 season and mike i know you're a fighting irish fan and this one off the top is a guy that is true to your fighting irish heart and that is Riley Leonard. So let the people know why Riley Leonard should be targeted in your upcoming college fantasy dress. Alrighty, yeah, like looking at that card, like look at that. Right on the screen, fantasy and frames, Riley Leonard, 125 card right there. What is that worth right now if you sell that online? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool 50 cents. <laughs> cool 50 cents. <laughs> well, with the, so it's interesting, last year, um the game where Riley went into Notre Dame, um, him and Sam Hartman 
uh, are good buddies, actually. Um, and a lot of respect there between the two of them. And they battled it out in that game. And one of the points Riley last year, his numbers weren't as good, uh, but he got a couple injuries and tried to play through them. And Duke was uh, having a really good year. Um, but his injuries kind of caught up to him. Um, yeah. So his, in the transfer portal, though, his good pedigree, solid, you know, throwing arm, can make all the throws, dual threat, um, can can run the ball, and he's six foot four, you know, 212 pounds, and, and can go, right? So a couple stats so that people, you know, you want to look at some recent history when, you know, to prepare for your draft, just like we do for the NFL draft, same in college, looking at, at the last couple years uh, to give yourself something to go on. And in 2022, Riley uh, had 33 total touchdowns um, there at Duke, uh, 20 passing touchdowns, 13 rushing touchdowns, um, 2,967 yards with almost 64% completion rate. Um, so, on the national stage in 2022, Riley had really hit, like it, he was talked about quite a bit yeah. um, and leading into the year as a candidate last year. So I chose him here, be, you know, in 2023, you could say it was a bit of a down year, but yet everybody was still high in him. And it's not a problem on his, on his talent and on who he is as a football player. Um, he only got to start seven games. He did rush for four TDs um, again last year in 352 yards. And he threw mm -hmm. three TDs, um, completion down a little bit at about 57%. And then those injuries caught up to him. Um, so I find that he'll be, when you're trying to draft, part of my strategy to give away some trade secrets here. <laughs> that you <laughs> that's do. why I invited yeah, you to the show. That's why we're buddy. here. <laughs> but you, when when we look at, at all of the data and we rank every player, that we you'd like to rank or you see all the rankings it can get overwhelming when i jump into fantasy and you, everyone might put somebody on the ladder there in a different spot um rank a little different and sometimes you can get overwhelmed seeing all the rankings then you don't know where he he would fall for you say in uh, on that ranking you're kind of talking yep. your way out of it and you change whatever so i kind of bring into the mix what i'm seeing what i'm watching so i make sure i i try to watch you know kind of as much as you can of the games and see some of the tendencies for yourself, like how you watch film, but watching the live games really always helps me on how, determining how a player is doing in certain games where I think he's going to go. Having a hunch is okay. And backing that hunch up with solid data is obviously to make a good choice when you're trying to, to draft. But I've always, you know, grown for years, 20 years playing fantasy stuff. Go, go on what you think the next guy is going to be for the next year. That's how you're going to win a league because rarely does it happen that they keep repeating the solid, the solid seasons. We wish it was that way. There are certain yeah. players that way, but not, not, they're not all that way. So I'll give you yeah. one point last year um, off topic here, but like Ja'Cory Brooks was a major wide receiver to draft and yep. all yep. over the place. And I picked him and I drafted him and it didn't work. Um, and I, I was taking into account everybody's ratings and rankings and, um, and yes, he had a good year and then it was a down year. Um, yep. someone later on, I'm going to talk about tonight, the same thing. So you got to take your wins and losses, um, when you're drafting in fancy, just, uh, same, same as in the NFL. Um, yeah. 
But anyway, the new to just to finish off on Riley, you're coming to a great coach, Marcus Freeman. You're coming to a, a team, Riley, that is good on both sides of the ball. Defensively, that's going to help you. Hopefully, you know, you get rest in the sidelines. You can gear up. If you're dual threat, you'll have energy to run. Um, he, you, he always makes good adjustments. He's looking down the field, Riley, constantly. He's never given away a play. That's something that Notre Dame, historically, that's how they like to play. That's their identity of you don't give up on no play on both sides of the ball and keep it going. That's why I think it's a good fit. Um, interestingly, him choosing, uh, choosing um, to go to Notre Dame, his great-grandfather played at Notre Dame in oh, 1940. No yeah, nineteen line is there in Notre Dame, and and he uh, and his favorite movie. This is your trivia question here, Chris. What is his favorite movie, Riley Leonard? I'm gonna go with. Is it Rudy by any chance, Mike? I mean, I put it right there, and that's his favorite movie of all time. I mean, so we this the stars aligned, like for him yeah. to go there. And yeah, I had texted you, Chris, the very first, like within like thirty minutes of this off season saying when he was saying he was transferring, I, I immediately texted Chris saying he's going to Notre Dame. You sent me the four leaf clover. <laughs> and, yeah. and so uh, that's good. So I thought tonight I'd pick him, you know, as one of the first guys here to talk about. Um, he does have a good quarterback behind him. Actually, Steve Angeli is a good quarterback who showed some promise last year, um, but Riley could help him. I could see that transition of another year of him growing like perfect setup. I mean, yeah. similar traits too, which I, yeah. Angeli watching him play is like, wow, if he gets a chance, just like in one of the things we'll talk about tonight, Chris and I, is the deep um, positioning of players on their teams. They're, they're pretty deep. They got four and five QBs and four and five running backs. And sometimes it gets a little bit, that's one of the it things does. in college. And you have to kind of, yeah, there's a little luck involved too there of what guy you're going to pick out of that heap um, to do well, you know, that year. Um, so Riley, last year, yeah, he had a big game against Clemson. That was a coming out game, and he had a great game against Notre Dame. So this is Duke playing top, you know, ten, top ten, top twelve yeah. teams, top taking a run for yeah. their money, and his in and his injuries caught him. Um, but I do like his leadership and tangibles, and and everything like that. And I hope it hope comes back for him um, yep. this year. Hope not just as an Irish fan, but when you see uh, QBs with those traits. Yep. So. Yeah, I agree with that. And that 2022 season was uh, absolute electric season for him. Uh, the 250 completions on the 391 attempts, almost 3000 passing yards, the 20 passing TDs. But it, in 2022, it was the 124 carries for 700 yards and 13 rushing TDs that made him that fantasy stud. And if he could get back to being that guy for Notre Dame, which like you, I think the fit is perfect to the style that he plays he can get back to that QB one for a college fantasy. So I like the uh, the the pick there with Riley Leonard. He's got a bunch of good weapons around him. We saw the emergence of Jaden Greathouse there, and we know there's other guys in that wide receiver room that can make Riley Leonard a viable fantasy option. So I I dig the pick there. Um, I'm gonna follow up your QB, and I'm gonna give my QB. Um, transfer that I like and that's and that's quarterback from Indiana to Cincinnati Brandon Sorsby last season he started seven games 57.2 completion percentage 1500 yards 
15 touchdowns and five interceptions. So one interception to every three touchdowns. Now, what made Brandon Soresby a top QB option for college fantasy players was his rushing ability. 442 rush yards on 63 attempts, 4.6 yards per carry. He averaged about nine carries per game four rushing TDs on the season. In those seven starts, he averaged 20.6 fantasy points per game. Brandon Soresby is an excellent competitor, competitor with an underrated running game, like I just pointed out. Multiple games with double-digit rush attempts, 33 missed forced tackles. He averaged three yards after contact, 241 of his 442 rush yards were off designed runs. So the coaching staff trusted Sorsby's abilities enough to put him in the position to rush the ball. 4.6 yards per attempt over and over his final three games, that number jumped up to 6.1. He's a dual threat quarterback in the terms of dual threat quarterback. He does everything you need, both, both passing and rushing. And now he enters an offense that utilizes the rushing quarterback. Now, he did struggle a bit with turnovers. The five interceptions is nice, but eight fumbles, averaging just over one fumble a game, is where he's going to have to improve. And if he's going to win that QB job in Cincinnati, which most likely he's going to be the QB one heading into the season, he does have the uh, the Bradys there in Drogosh and Lichtenberg, two recruits that Cincinnati did bring in themselves. So there's going to be some competition there in the spring games, but I'm looking for Brendan Sorsby to solidify that QB run role, uh, QB one role uh, for Cincinnati. If you look at how Cincinnati and that coaching uh, system uses the dual threat quarterbacks, Satterfields had Malik Cunningham or Monty Edwards. And this past season, Emery Jones diving deeper into their numbers. Malik Cunningham at Louisville averaged 135 carries under coach Satterfield. Armonte Edwards averaged 206 carries over three seasons when Satterfield was coaching the QBs. And just like I mentioned this past season, Emory Jones, career high, 155 attempts. Not only that, Sorsby is, is getting a returning offensive line, second year unit, everyone's returning everyone's healthy. Sorsby can be that quarterback that you draft in the eighth to 11th round um, parts of your, of your startup drafts or redrafts where he can potentially be that QB one for you. I drafted a bunch of these guys last season within that spot, Byron Browns. Uh, there were some other ones in there as well. The names are escaping me at the moment, but these guys can be had for cheap and can produce a high volume of fantasy points. So for me, just like Riley Leonard is a great spot for you based on um, the coaching system and team build, Brendan Sorsby is that guy for me. And he he took me to uh, quite a few uh, um, championships last year. Uh, when when he was starting and I was able to grab him off waivers. So you're not going to be able to grab him off waivers this year. And as we get closer to the start of the season, the hype for Soresby in Cincinnati is only going to grow. So we've got Riley Leonard. We've got Brandon Soresby. Mike's going to jump into um, a star-studded wide receiver room in Texas. One of my favorite 
players grew, I must have watched how many Alabama games last year. I mean, I don't know. They're on, you know, they're on anyway all the time, right? Every every week at 3.30 for the main, for, for a time or at night. And I didn't know as much about Isaiah to start the year. And like I said, so to give a little picture to everybody last year, like there's so many players to go through and you can see uh, stats from years prior. And it looked like Ja'Cory Brooks was WR1. Well, that that kind of changed in a hurry. You thought he was going to be WR one with Burton, WR two, and bon- and the whole list went on. They kind of had it laid out. So in college, you have it's in a state of flux, you know, sometimes, and you have to, um, you know, work with that because college you things change quickly, and uh, there's students going to school, and you have to adjust. So I learned last yeah. year, even in drafting quickly, you need to adjust those first few weeks as to as to what's happening. But Isaiah Bond, when I started watching him, and he he started reminding me after a few games as an NFL comp, he kind of reminded me of Steve Smith Jr. Um, his build, he is about six feet, uh, which is good, and his his weight is getting up there too, around the two hundred and such. Like he's a he's a tough runner, physical runner, yeah. and runs good routes. And Jalen Milrow, as we know, to give a bit of background there at Al- at Alabama under Coach Saban. There was a QB competition. He ended up winning the competition, sort of. And then even for the first few weeks, they weren't sure. And Not fully it really yet. started in game four, five, six. Except things started building. And as I was watching some of the games, Bond started being the go-to guy. And Burton would get his targets. Burton would get three, four targets. But Bond was starting to equal out in targets. And he ended up with 49 catches on 52 targets. So he almost caught, which that's ridiculous like you that might not be we hope his numbers are going to go higher but that that's an amazing statistic only 671 yards four touchdowns but this all came almost during the second half of their run when they realized they're going to run to the national championship so i tried to pick somebody that yes in fantasy last year like bond wasn't going to help you win a fantasy championship last year but bond moving to texas moving into a system with steve sarkazian that pro style, wide open, great play caller, the whole thing. If Bond accelerates, he may lead you to a championship next season. Jumping in there, there's fresh wide receivers. They did lose Adonai Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders, Mm -hmm. uh, Worthy, and now they've stepped in and filled them. Jonte Cook, another transfer portal, Matthew Golden, and with Bond in there, and Baxter in the backfield, and Ewers coming back, and Manning (laughs) in behind there, like, so tech, Texas I almost sound, back, Mike? Is Texas I, I, back? I, like I almost sound like a Texas Longhorn fan. Um, <laughs> but they, they, you know, watching them too. I last year I was a little, little disappointed. Quinn Ewers, you know, had a great year and was great for, and I had him for fantasy. So I've made a, tried to connect the dots picking these players tonight. That if he ever builds on, you know, what he did, he had a great year. He uh, yep. a pretty great year for numbers for fantasy. Quinn Ewers. So match them up, do a little stack. We may talk mm-hmm. about that in future shows. Stacking is a little more difficult in the college game, but it's the very same yeah. thing. Give it a go. Try to go depending who it is. Yeah. Um, and so I thought he, he built a steady rapport, Isaiah Bond. He started chipping away and getting more targets, and he's a great route runner, and he caught clutch balls last year to win games. A few, like, he went to him, which you went from starting the year to a go-to guy, so I can only see him as accelerating, you know, up up the ladder can only be sky's the limit and a lot of his 
in his recruiting and his pro profiles, if you go in and read them, like they do have him at top echelon receiver. Yeah. Entering in when he's drafted in 2026 eligible. Um, so that's about it on Isaiah Bond. I mean, and I think he's a safe, I would say, you know, is there safe bets? I'd say he's got to be one of the safer, safer bets jumping into that situation. Texas did a great job in their portal early. Portal. Yeah. And it, the wide receiver room, Mike, I'm not going to lie. I love Isaiah Bond as a player. It kind of scares me a little bit there in Texas. Like you mentioned, they have John T. Cook. They have DeAndre Moore. They brought in Matthew Golden, Isaiah Bond. They also brought in Oregon State wide receiver and Silas Bolden, uh, a player that we're going to get to in a little bit here in the tight end transfer of Amari Nyblack there from Alabama. Right. So, um, Texas is kind of, you know, getting into this uh situation where they're overloaded kind of like the Colorado Colorado wide receiver room there where there's just so many mouths to feed or, so or like if, LSU when L LSU or, yeah, last exactly. year we have our LSU stories which yeah as, you, as you're talking there Chris like we do that quite often in fantasy yep. but as long as those offenses are the high octane scoring looking at the schedule conference and can hit that 56 like 50 60 point threshold yeah, That's something to let everybody sure. know that the threshold in college is Much above higher. and beyond the top threshold, yeah, yeah of, of scoring in the points. And they tend to like, I don't want to say run it up all the time, but like there's teams that we, we we're watching in the it's just like a video game of the points. Once they really start <laughs> scoring, they don't let up. So you no. can sometimes have those guys on on that team as opposed to as we play in the NFL fantasy game, you want that number one, right? Mm -hmm. Um to refute that but i see i do see your point so your good point chris on we we may not know which one will get the wr1 and we may not know that till mid like we won't know that until and it might be a weekly be, thing like, where he's the right. wide receiver one in week one and then it could be silas bold in week two matthew gold in week three and then go back to bond in week four and then go to someone completely out of the blue in week five that's my only worry with the wide receiver room of texas or any wide receiver room that has loaded you. a a bunch of guys is the fact that um, their opportunity, because of how many mouths there are to feed in that program, are going to be limited in terms of uh, fantasy output. But one, the next guy we're going to talk about here, I'm not that worried about because the wide receiver room, albeit does have some gems in it, Evan Stewart going from Texas A&M to Oregon is you know, for lack of a better term, boner material. Is, is, can I say that here? Are we past the kids? Is this, a G, is this a G rated? <laughs> is it, like how many? I think we just got put up in the rating there. Mike PG 13. Oh, oh my uh, goodness. With, uh, <laughs> but last I, season, eight games played, 38 receptions, 514 yards, four touchdowns, 10.4 fantasy points per game. Not the stud output that we were looking for from a guy that is considered to some as the wide receiver one or wide receiver two in that wide receiver class that is moving eventually going to move up to the nfl five star uh recruit the number one wide wide receiver in this year's portal like i mentioned edmund stewart is heading to the oregon ducks where he's teaming up with new ducks quarterback dylan gabriel before his draft year gabriel's got multiple seasons of 30 plus tds and 3,500 plus 
passing yards. Stewart was a standout wide receiver at Texas his freshman year, 105 targets, over 600 yards, and a 12.3 yards per reception. The good thing about that yards per reception number is, although his 2023 season wasn't as good as his breakout year in 2022, that yards per reception actually went up from 12.3 to 3.1. Another good sign if you're just looking at box score here, you're going to look at Evan Stewart and say, well, his season wasn't that great. But another good sign was his yards per route run went up from 2022 to 2023. 1.76 in 2022 to a solid 2.14 in 2023. He's more productive on a per route basis. That's what that number is telling me. And um, if he can increase that to get to an even high number in Oregon, I'm expecting big things for Evan Stewart. Uh, last year, when quarterbacks targeted Evan, they had they both a solid 100.5 quarterback rating and that was with a cast of misfit toys you got max johnson marcel reed connor wigman and jalen henderson all throwing the ball this past season oh, for texas don't, don't bring up connor wegman oh. <laughs> it's tough mike it's tough i got quite a few shares of connor <laughs> wegman it was a tough year he did deal with the injury but i'm expecting big things uh for 2024 but back to stewart when you watch the guy on tape you'll see that he's savvy you'll see that he's got top end speed you'll see that that's mixed with quickness in his short burst he's got strong hands he's a threat in the red zone he's got all the tools you need to be considered a top Day one NFL draft pick right now, I believe his ADP in college fantasy drafts is like mid to back end first round, which is great, great ad uh, for Evan Stewart to some uh, just college fantasy, not even NFL. He is he is the college fantasy wide receiver uh, three, I believe, right now in terms of uh, what we're expecting him to produce for the 2024 season. He's heading to Oregon that is looking to replace their wide receiver one in Troy Franklin, who is moving up uh, to the NFL. An offense last year that was second highest in scoring with 44.2 uh, points per game, second highest in passing yardage, 342 yards per game, second in total offense, an O-line that only allowed five sacks, second in yards per play, and an 88% red zone conversion percentage, which is only going to equal to fantasy points for Evan Stewart. Conclusion here, Mike. Stewart enters Oregon as the new Alpha X receiver who's going to be the go-to guy for Dylan Gabriel, an elite pass-friendly offense. Evan Stewart is an early draft pick that is going to pay off handsomely a top-end Devi and C2C target that should be heavily invested in. Make sure you go out and grab Evan Stewart. Mike, do you Thank own you. much of Evan Stewart? Sorry, I'm just scratching his name down now, Chris. Evan Stewart. <laughs> Got a question can... here from Drew 3 Mark. Um, and I don't know about you, Mike. He asks, is Evan Stewart the wide receiver one for next year's rookie draft class? For me, it's Luther Burden out of Missouri. That's my personal wide receiver one as of right now. His his freshman year, he wasn't the greatest. And then um, his, his next year, last year, he was just 
an absolute stud. So for me right now, Evan Stewart is the wide receiver two, three with Tep McMillan there from Arizona. And then Luther Burden's the the hands down one for me. But does that change at all for you, Mike? No, like I had, I drafted Tep McMillan. I think I had him on two or three teams. I think maybe I played seven or eight uh, college fantasy leagues. Tep McMillan. You don't got to lie. You're not listening. You could say the real number. Okay, 12. (laughs) I mean, um, he's really good. But Luther Burden was another player for me, sort of like Bond, that I burdened higher, even higher ceiling last year, but yet grew as you're watching and you're watching that team play, you know, and started cheering for that team. You have, who is the quarterback? Um, Brady, Cook, um, and Schrader, right? Yeah. And yeah. you started watching that team and you got you really to believe in that team. They were playing for keeps and you and Burden was playing for keeps. Yeah. I rate, I totally agree with you, Rady, watching him. He's an alpha. Like he, and that's a lot of people kind of thought in the circles of fantasy. We were watching to see, is he, is he going to jump to be that alpha? I do see that um, in a few other receivers, but he's going to be right at the top. Yeah. And Stuart, I have, I did not get a chance to watch as many games or film yet on Stewart, but I know Stewart's pedigree. It's totally, yeah, he, totally there. he did have some personal yeah. things from high school carry over to Texas A&M. Uh, but I'm hoping him going to Oregon under the, under Dan Lanning can kind of put him on a pathway where he's going to see success. You know, maybe Texas A&M wasn't the best spot for him to go in terms of keeping him grounded and just concentrated on football. So him going up to Oregon, playing with Dan Lanning, playing with Dylan Gabriel, you know, co- he's got confidence under at the quarterback position. Not saying he didn't have that at Texas A&M, but it was just that constant rotation of quarterbacks. You know, he's Oregon should be Dylan Gabriel, and then that's it. So he's got a quarterback that's going to be able to get him the ball downfield. He's got a quarterback that's going to get him the ball in the intermediate routes, and he's got a coaching system that is going to uh, make sure that the offense is firing on all cylinders. So Evan Stewart is a guy for me uh, that transfer portal-wise, absolute stud and – I don't think there was a better landing spot for him in terms of fantasy football purposes. So um, another, I guess, high profile uh, guy you're going to talk about here, Mike, a guy that some saw as maybe the RB1 in this class, a big body dude. But uh, go and let the people know why Raheem Sanders going to South Carolina is going to be good for fantasy purposes. Yeah, just... um... So this player, I, I remember drafting Chris. We all have how many leagues he was going off the board in the first round and quick. He goes quick. Usually around yeah. eight or nine or, you know, there was some pick overall in his year um, yep. in 2022. So he had seven 100-yard games in 2022, 1,443 yards, um, 28 receptions. 271 yards on those receptions, two TDs, 10 TD scores. He was at the top of his voted, you know, All-American, you know, at the position in the league. So he, coming into 2023, a lot of hype. This is what happens in college as as it's warranted. Um, A lot of hype, expecting a big year at Arkansas, and injuries kind of caught him too. So yeah. I thought as, as these players are staying in college, you know, don't, don't give up on them. You want to hit them in the next draft when you've seen the pedigree and you've seen the talent. 
Um, and he's an alpha runner um, and a big guy, 6'2", 210. So, and can go and can obviously can pass, catch and everything. So the, the injuries had got him. So in 2023, he only had two TDs and 209 yards. And I have him on my fantasy team. And I'm just, oh, my gosh. I might have even texted you, Chris, a couple of times. Said, what am I, am I going to start this guy when he was injured last week? Yet he's you're waiting and you want to hit him when he has that big game. And it never came, so I had to I had to put him on my bench. And he's now I feel good. I chose him in this portal uh, to talk on our first show because now I have him sitting there in a few teams, and he's going to get a fresh start. So I thought this is a great opportunity. Hopefully, it works out. Use your football gut on something like that. He's already proven it. Um, Shane Beamer is a great coach in South Carolina, um, and their program is a hard nosed program plays tough straight ahead football. I think it's a fit where they like to run the ball and, and they'll stick to it. Like they'll stick to that offensive style until um, they get success. He's one of the more stubborn coaches to do so. And they they're scrappy. So I'm hoping maybe anyone they play, they're all, they're always in it and they'll, and they'll give it all. They may not end up with the wins, but in fantasy, as we know, they're going to scrap and hang around and they're going to surprise um, and put points up on the board. So he, he was a four-star recruit. And we're going to see where he goes. I hope he rejuvenates and bounces back um, next year and comes up with some more fantasy points and becomes that bell cow back in, in South Carolina is my hope. Um, yeah. And hopefully, so there they have a few young players there. I believe they have wide receiver Nick Harbour. Um, I think yep. the QB is still going to be Robbie Ashford, but they have your favorite quarterback. I'm really hoping for Sellers. So I thought I'm I really hoping this for guy sellers, to, man. to mention Robbie Ashford's Sellers. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to suck up to the co-host, Chris. I'm trying to put a few guys <laughs> on here where he's like, oh, I love those guys. Like, maybe I'll mention Cam Selden. Flattery <laughs> gets in you the everywhere. Show. Oh, you, please. I, oh, no, and, Cam Selden, please. <laughs> and uh, so I think the opportunity – will be there for him and his obviously has been and I hopefully it comes back and these college yeah. careers seem to be it's interesting drafting these teams and hoping you want to make them hit the next time if you watch what they did he's a guy not to give up on um keep him on your roster draft him hard to know where to draft haven't thought about that yet if, if we're entering new leagues where to put him but in our leagues that that dynasty style is nice to have him there like it's like that's amazing yeah. to have that player like that yeah on the board. So. Yep, I agree. The only worry for me in yeah. South Carolina is that offensive line, and are they going to be able to do enough for him to uh, be able to find the hole? Get the, are they going to be able to create enough space for Raheem Sanders to be that back that we know he can be? Mike, what is the weight you had him at there? Well, I had him at I had him at um, six two two ten. 210. Latest report on Raheem Sanders, uh -oh. 245. Oh. <laughs> 245. So he's entering that so he's Eddie Lacy tier for me, which is not a good sign, Mike. And yeah. I can only well, we, imagine what the what the no. move is like in South Carolina. So no, no, I, wow. I just <laughs> we, we know they'll put him on shakes and diets and get him trimmed down <laughs> and put him on eating nothing. But, but he's a big boy, but he's a big boy that can move, man. You made a good point there. Um, for everyone, we know the data out there and all the different sites. And I it said, you, like, sometimes they're slower to update at times. And sometimes you got to be patient and where the, where a depth chart is or where the right what is variables. So you, 
it's coming. But when there's that many players, when we think about it, three to four times more teams and players. Yeah. Yep. Um, in fact, that it's a bit of a bit of a data crunch for to get the accurate. And <laughs> and like we've seen it today so they, with the measurements coming out of the senior bowl, what these websites for these teams post isn't that necessarily what the truth is. We've seen guys come in two inches shorter, 10 no. pounds lighter or 10 pounds mm-hmm. heavier. Uh, so these are just guidelines that we're kind of using here until we get the official number, but 245 for a six, six foot, six, two uh, running back is Eddie, big. So Eddie, uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully oh, it's oh. dense muscle that he's carrying and not just a spare tire around him. But I'm looking forward to Raheem Sanders this year. It's Marshawn Lynch. Oh, Marshawn. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we can get a Marshawn Lynch out of uh, Raheem Sanders. So we had Riley Leonard. We had Brendan Sorsby, Isaiah Bond, Evan Stewart. Mike just dropped Raheem Sanders. My next player here is none other than wide receiver Jeremy Bernard last season. Seven games started, 34 receptions. 419 yards, two touchdowns with two rushing TDs. He's a four-star recruit, 6'1", 205 pounds. And it's really just the fact that Jeremy Bernard is following his coaching staff from the University of Washington to the University of Alabama, and that's head coach Kalen DeBoer going from Washington to Alabama. And while he was at Michigan State, through, you know, you, you find out these things when you do research on these guys. He was actually recruited to Washington originally, pulled his letter of intent, went to Michigan State for a year after Michigan State, moved back over to the University of Washington where he actually earned playing time on a team that featured Romo Dunze, Jalen Polk, and Jalen McMillan. Didn't put up great numbers. But in a wide receiver room like that, all three of those guys moving up to the NFL, um, that's 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 great, great news for Jeremy Bernard moving into the 2024 season. He's going to Alabama, a team that has a wide receiver room with mm-hmm. a bunch of vacancies. Uh, Jermaine Burton to the NFL, Isaiah Bond, like Mike just talked about, to Texas. Ja'Cory Brooks transferred to Louisville. Shaz Preston transferred to Tulane. And Malik Benson transferred to Florida State. So the opportunity is there for Jeremy Bernard to be the guy in Alabama, to be the guy for Kalen DeBoer in that Alabama offense. Um, And if they use them like they use them at the University of Washington. I'm expecting a big year out of Jeremy Bernard. In Michigan State, he played more of that outside wide receiver role. But when he came to Washington, he pivoted to more of a slot wide receiver. And slot wide receivers under DeBoer flourished last year. Jalen Polk, 108 targets, 69 receptions, 1,159 yards, and 19 TDs. And then if you go back to the year before that, 2022, Jalen McMillan, another NFL talent, uh, 118 targets, 79 receptions, 1,098 yards, and nine touchdowns. So with all of that, if DeBoer brings the game plan that he ran at Washington to Alabama and uses Jeremy Bernard the way he used him at Washington, 
He is set up to succeed. Like I mentioned, it's a wide receiver room that has been decimated since Coach Saban retired. Uh, all everyone's leaving. Guys are leaving left and uh, left and right there. So uh, I believe all they got is Kobe Prentice there and Kendrick Law left. So uh, wide open room, coach's guy, big bodied, four star, does all the right things. I'm looking for Jeremy Bernard to have a big year in Alabama. Mike, you know much about Jeremy? Do you own much of Jeremy? You know much about the Alabama offense? No, so what, what came... To me, as you're saying there, yeah, he he made some big plays at key moments. So Penix mm-hmm. found him on, you know, yeah, he did. Poke was injured. Poke wasn't injured. Um, McMillan was injured for a number of games and in and out, and they kept putting him in the starting lineup. So it led me to think of a few things with Washington, since their players were so on so many teams and and impacting so many fantasy teams. Washington throughout the whole year of fantasy last year. Um, starts and sits and data can come in on injuries um, that's one thing to keep an eye on when you're building your teams that finding that information before games who's chris and i'd be even back and forth who's starting who's oh, sitting who's, yeah. who's and, you're, and you're and when it's washington you want to start those guys yeah and then germy had some good games when then mcmillan would sit and didn't play so it's not the impact they, they just had a solid wide receiver room he yeah. made some big plays when they're in there um, and point two, when you mentioned Jalen Polk, who's could be pretty good in the upcoming draft, um, he was on waivers on many teams. It came to me as you're saying that I can't believe. Think about that, Jalen Polk, like was an undrafted, like because there's so many players that you had to scoop him up to get people excited here to play. You're like a guy like that was available, and that helped you win leagues when you were sharp those first few weeks. Mm-hmm. Scooped them in a couple, couldn't get them in all of them because and suddenly you'd see, oh my gosh, this guy is great, great receiver, yep. and they're putting yep. up great points. So that makes it fun in college yep. where you, yeah, it does. you know, you have that draft. The drafts are deep, and then there's still guys like that that you see in those first. Oh, and I can get those, get those players on my team and compete yep. on waivers. It- Exactly. And, and, and that's that's yeah. the point I was making at the top. If you're never out of it in college hmm. fantasy, you can lose your first five draft picks to injury or something else. And then you can turn over your roster so much. You're never out of it. You're always in the position to be in the game. You're always in the position to be in the hunt. Of course, until you're mathematically limited, then you're out kick rocks. But until then, I mean, you are always within striking distance because of the players that you can grab off waivers because of right. how deep it is. You're always involved in the game. So uh, Jeremy Bernard, also a guy, if you play C2C or Debbie, that you could probably pick up late considering what he's going to be at Alabama. Possibly the wide receiver one there could vault his draft status. This guy, he's a talented kid, man. He got a decent shake at Michigan. Decent shake now, at Washington, but had a bunch of guys in front of him. Now he's the wide receiver one in Alabama. Question for you, a uh, re- rebuttal question there for you. They just lost not a player, but they lost a coach, one of my favorite coaches, coming yeah. to my NFL Reece. team, the Browns. Yeah. Reece, yeah. What do you think, Chris, will be that? Like, that's, I kind of, I mean, thought, I, don't I liked him in Alabama. He grew and then, yeah. They're gone. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate it because of the, the head coach they brought in there. 
They brought in an offensive-minded head coach, a coach that's taken programs to right. levels that that these programs, you know, envisioned when they hired a guy like DeBoer. So I'm mm -hmm. expecting big things out of the Alabama offense only because of who the head coach is there. Now, we got two more to get through before we end the very first episode of the One Foot Down podcast. I appreciate each and every person that has tuned in and dropped a comment. Uh, if you like what you see, like the stream, subscribe to the channel, ring that notification bell to, for whenever the Fantasy and Frames team drops new content. Mike, your last player on the list what you got man this is a big it, one because there was card. a lot of news around this guy about the nfl yeah. so this was one of my one of my favorite players and quarterbacks with a lot following and researching over the years when you realize he played two years at incarnate word and put up good numbers um yeah. and has good physical traits and tools and is a smooth qb um all around and he was People were teams were kind of pining over him from Incarnate Word. There was a bit of a, a competition thing there um, to see where he would go, and he ended up in Washington State. Um, and Washington State was a I would, and this isn't no disrespect to it all. We know how good Washington was, but it was almost like Washington State was like the little brother to Washington, but yet that little brother was pretty tough and he the little brother could compete and they even their game. Like it was almost like a mirror, the two teams, good wide receivers, Williams, this alpha and staying in the, in the games. Um, and Cam Ward kind of has that. So his, his pedigree of like staying in the game, he does not give up on ball games and his numbers um, at incarnate word and Washington state. So there's four years where his average completion percentage of all those years Hovers consistent. I'd say the best thing he's consistent for fantasy, 65 to 67% completion, always throwing over 3,000 yards all of those seasons, 25 TDs, um, and picks aren't too big a problem. I think seven picks or, or something last, last season. Um, no, sorry, 2022, he had nine interceptions. So 2022 numbers, 3,200 yards. 23 passing touchdowns, 2023, 3,700 yards last year at Washington State, 27 touchdowns, seven mm -hmm. INTs, so pretty good, eight rushing TDs. Um, the average rush was a little bit low, but I think more is there that he could do that. He may not be, you know, Riley Leonard, you know, compiling those type of numbers, but he he can do it, and, and, it's, and he's not afraid to do it. So as, as he runs his offense um, – but I like that his numbers for all those years were so consistent and you know what you're getting. If you get somebody that's throwing almost 4,000 yards, 30 yeah. TDs running 10, that's what we want um, in fantasy. He's So it's interesting is, as you said there, he declared for the NFL and then quickly had a change of heart um, and then decided to transfer to Miami. Yeah. Which was interesting because Miami lost Tyler Van Dyke who transferred to Wisconsin. So the door was open, but yet as I've done a little bit, a little bit more dating. Yes. I believe Cameron Ward will likely, you know, get the starting job, but that, that's the thing in college fantasy. We have to follow the spring. The, this, there's lots to follow to see. Um, they also brought in another quarterback um, and also in the portal and to give him a chance. And they also have Jacory Brown, 
who played a little mm-hmm. bit last year and his numbers were pretty good. Um, signals are that you're you're going after a guy like Cam Ward to start, but yet they've made the room a bit of competition. Um, and interestingly, Mario Cristobal is a good offensive mind, pro-style spread offense, uses everyone. Last year there was guys, Chris loaded up as guys on Hurricane. Every time I, I saw Chris's new team on Fantasy, he had Miami receivers, guys, George, <laughs> guys Rousseau. I have me, and he, he has me, he has me digging up all these guys like who, you know, hearing it in chat and I'm like, oh my, another guy, a hundred and some <laughs> yard, two score, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. But uh, Mario Cristobal, so to give them, you know, credit where it's due good offensive mind but yet the wins aren't there like they're at the 500 are they above are they not he's on under the he's under as they all are but a little bit of pressure there they got to turn it into wins so i think that's why it's good if they can get more if they can get that type of number which that's going to be the question to go into a tougher you know place miami and down there and the pressure in a big big school like that maybe maybe they can turn that around and Cristobal needs to do that um he was a four-star, you know, enter out of into college football. Um, one comp, I mean, that I kind of thought of. I only thought of a comp player for a couple of these guys, but he kind of reminds me of like a Tyrod Taylor that could be a little better than a Tyrod Taylor, like how he moves a little bit in the pocket, holds, and you know, and that's not a bad thing. We watched Tyrod now mm-hmm. older doing, you know, and has had some good years. Kind of see it in Cam Ward if he – if he gets even a little more agile, you can see that in there, but in his arm strength, he can make throws and, and that's just a bit of a comp to keep on your mind. Keeps his eyes downfield plays always open. He's always looking, which is what these things are the athletic traits. You can't necessarily always teach some of these guys. They just want to keep stuff alive, which showed they're determined to keep moving that ball yeah. and not making too many errors. The picks aren't too bad. So you got to think you're making the decisions pretty accurately most of the time but uh it'll be interesting to see that's going to be interesting down there i think that receiver staying that you mentioned in miami i think he's Restrepo still there. staying yeah Restrepo and i think george george is still there i believe too i was looking yeah. up as who might be there which is important if you're mm-hmm. to bring him in and then to keep cohesive unit there with crystal ball and them see where they can go with it but so i'm excited to see him i got him on a few teams too so <laughs> the good stuff so who are you taking then if you're up to draft and you need a quarterback are you taking cam ward or are you taking riley leonard oh yeah see like you gotta you can't do that to me chris that is like so now my heart <laughs> that's my what heart, i do mike it's likely so <laughs> it's the conversation we had before these players were bringing up um like Riley Leonard could go off in Notre Dame. I mean, we've seen, I've seen QBs. We can all mention them. I mean, Ritter had a good year. I mean, I can think of guys that have had big years there. Um, lots of touchdown passes when the, when the team is designed, but you can also get in the tough games and defensive games and the stats for fantasy might not be there. If you had to go on a coin, like Cam Ward's fantasy in that offense with how they're going to play, you know, his numbers would be comparable or possibly higher than Leonard. You never know. But if Leonard ever reaches his his bar on what he's going into, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, but it's tough, but their schedule is tough. So one thing to look at in fantasy, um, as we thought in the portal, these are our favorite landing spots to see if we can get potential out of these guys. But when yeah. you start crunching the numbers, yeah, like Cam Ward could go off the charts like in Miami if they get things, how they run their offense and how they – the initial things they try to do in the throwing passing game and everything like that. Notre Dame, a little more balanced, but yet Riley Leonard can run. So 
It's a tough, it's a tough one. I'd be like going Way to say a bunch of words and not answer the question, Mike. Way to go. (laughs) I will be drafting Riley Leonard. Okay. For him, due to me being a fan. Okay, you got the bias. Cam Ward will be my super flex starter. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Let's pivot to our last guy. Right on after us, stick around. We got the Shoot the Gap show with Jorge Edwards and Chris Burns breaking down the IDP fantasy football studs. My last player here, our last player here on the very first episode of the One Foot Down podcast is Alabama to Texas transfer tight end Amari Nyblack. Last year, five games started, nine games played, 20 receptions, 437 yards, four touchdowns, all career highs, was the third leading wide or the third leading, not wide receiver, but the third leading receiver on Alabama last season, which doesn't say a lot for the Alabama receiving game, considering he only has 20 receptions and 437 yards. But uh, four-star prospect, 6'4", 233 pounds. So he's got the size to be that red zone factor for Texas. Just like Jeremy Bernard, Nyblack's transfer stems from his ties from the current coaching staff at Texas with former offensive coordinator at Alabama, Steve Sarkeesian, who, who like I just said, is the, is the head coach for Texas. As I mentioned, big-bodied. He is ranked as the number one tight end in the portal and the number 28 player Overall, according to 24sports.com, he lands on Texas, who just lost tight end Jatavian Sanders to the NFL, who in 2023 uh, is vacated 67 targets, what's put him at the tight end six overall in that department. And in 2022, 73 targets. Uh, Again, tight end six overall. He has tight end one usage, was tight end six in yards in 2022, and tight end three in yards in 2022. 2023. So all this is telling me, all this information here is telling me is that Texas likes to utilize their tight ends and Amari Nyblak is going to enter Texas as the tight end one. He's fast. He's athletic. He's a downfield playmaker who will use his size and catch radius to be the go-to guy for Quinn Ewers, a guy that Mike mentioned a little bit earlier there was just a handful of SEC tight ends last season to have one or fewer drops while being targeted over 30 times. Nyblack lined up outside or in the slot on over half of his pass play snaps, whereas the rest he lined up as an inline tight end. Sanders was primarily the tight end that Sarkeesian lined up out wide or in the slot, roughly about 37% of his snaps the last two seasons. And Amari Nyblack can absolutely fill that role. Another positive for Amari is that his, his blocking ability is more than that of the guy that he is replacing in uh, Jatavian Sanders. Higher graded pass blocker than Sanders last season. Nyblack blew just one block in 125 blocking snaps on offense compared to nine blown blocks over just 400. Yes, I know the sample size here, 400 to 125. But if I was to just average it out, I mean, that's that's four, 4.5. Let's give him five. Uh, blown uh, coverage, uh, blocking coverages there uh, over 
Jatavion Sanders, who blew nine blocking assignments in 400 snaps. So uh, going to be solid for what Texas is going to use him for. He's going to be on the field a lot. The vacated targets, the athleticism, the usage of the tight end, a tight end one finish is incoming for Amari. The eighth tight end picked in Jared Palmgren from Chasing the Natty, another college fantasy shows a way too early mock with some of the industry's best taking part in that mock. He was picked in the ninth round. Um, he's already getting that tight end one draft value, and that's only going to increase as the season rolls, as we see the spring games come in, the spring practices, we see what his usage is going to be in that offense. I'm expecting big things out of Amari Nyblak, a big um, waiver ad for me uh, last season through the waiver process right. in these college leagues. So Amari Nyblak, if you are looking for a tight end, can be that guy that you want in terms of fantasy usage. So Mike, First episode in the books, brother. We talked about some of our favorite transfer portal landing spots. Riley Leonard, who went from Duke to Notre Dame. Brendan Sorsby from Indiana to Cincinnati. Isaiah Bond from Tech from Alabama to Texas. Evan Stewart from Texas A&M to Oregon. We had the big bodied running back Raheem Sanders, who went from Arkansas to South Carolina. We had wide receiver Jeremy Bernard, who went from Washington to Alabama. Cam Ward, one of Mike's favorites, Washington State to Miami. And then we close it off with Damari Nyblak going from Alabama to Texas. I mean, Mike, is Texas looking at Alabama and just going, look, look at me. With all the transfers that they are just poaching I, from I, Alabama. Uh, oh, as we thought it's a whole other show we could do on Texas and Ohio State, because I think they're on a collision <laughs> yeah. course that looks like astronomical portions. Like and it's actually lining up like not fair, but they really yeah. will. Texas, Ohio enjoyed, State, don't count out Georgia now. And don't Georgia, count I mean, out Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. You don't even be... have to mention Georgia. They're like yeah. But yeah, those Georgia. two are really Georgia. There's, a, there's a whole show we'll be able to do on the players that went back that looked like they decided <laughs> yeah, exactly. not to declare. That show is going to be that'll be good. The non declares uh, going back, yeah, uh, for fantasy. But, uh, yeah, that's it for us, Mike. Let the people know where they can find you, big guy. Well, right there, you find it there on, on X. Uh, look at me being the old guy. I almost said Twitter, you can't be saying that. You know, Twitter, what's Twitter? <laughs> but Finding me on there, I'll try to get more material up. I'm uh, my partner in crime here. Chris is getting me in the loop to start posting more things, and you can find me there and find me on the show. And I'm just gonna, just gonna go with it. Excited for the college year starts now. Never yes, stops. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate again everyone that tuned in. Uh, drop the comment, like the stream. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure if you're listening to this in podcast form that you rate and review the podcast. All your love is appreciated. I'm Chris. You can find me at FFChrisB. Make sure you follow Fantasy and Frames at Fantasy and Frames. We cover fantasy football across the board and right on after us. I know they're probably waiting patiently or impatiently is the Shoot the Gap I. DP show with Jorge Edwards and Chris Burns. Mike, that's it for us. First show in the book. First of many. I'm looking forward to episode two. 
for Mike. I'm Chris. Toodles. Peace.